Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com. The foundation of this whole, this whole series is from Philippians chapter 3. I want you to see the scripture before we jump right into our notes today. And it says it like this. We are, let's say it together, what? We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our Savior. I love that phrase. And it says like this. He will take our weak mortal bodies. Some of you guys, y'all know, and then those bodies have gotten weak and then change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. We are citizens of heaven. Amen. I'm going to preach a sermon today and we're going to put it in our notes. We're going to take notes today and I'm going to teach you for a little bit about this phrase and it's called simply get your head in the clouds. Get your head in the clouds. I'm going to talk to you a little bit today about heaven. I don't don't know if I've ever preached a whole message on the topic, single topic of heaven. And so maybe you know someone that's recently passed away and this would be a message that will help their family or or maybe maybe you're you're just struggling. You need some hope today. We're We're going to hear an entire message today on what it means to be citizens of heaven. So let's pray. Lord, speak to us change us. Thank you for this time that you brought us together. I pray that in a few minutes, Lord, as we hear your word, that we would leave forever changed. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, amen, amen. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Get your head in the clouds. Head in the clouds. Uh, I have five kids that are eight and under. And as a parent, I didn't realize that the most important event all year long for each of these children is not Christmas. It's not their birthday. It's not summer vacation. I mean, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not uh, Easter. It's not summer vacation. The most important day that every kid is counting down to is their birthday. They, you know this, and it's like my kids are are funny because they can't like tell you what day of the week it is, but they can tell you how many exact months it is to their birthday. Like they know that day. Uh, you might not know this about my family, but we we have five kids, and all of them are almost to the day twenty five months apart. So I have, my first is a July birthday, my second is an August birthday, my third is a, uh, a September birthday, my fourth is an October birthday, and then my fifth that we just had is a November birthday. Your boy can plan. Let me just say that. Your boy's a planner. So, uh, so we go through about five months of intense birthdays, and it's like a whole big ordeal, like for kids. Like they make it a big ordeal. You know, I don't know if you remember your birthdays growing up. But uh, they were always a big deal. How many had skating rink birthdays growing? Come on, that was my world. Like, man, I could, I could get it. You know, you do that slow moves on the skating rink, and you're going around having a good time. Like, I, I remember some good birthdays. Um, had the little Chuck E. Cheese birthdays. Had the little park birthdays. I, I, I love it. My kids just think it's a big deal. My daughter requested a few months ago, she was like, hey, I want a, a Willy Wonka birthday party, like where, where our whole house turns into a chocolate factory. <laughs> Who do you think I am? What, what kind of money do you think we have here? So, so I, I nicely steered her in a different direction. And so everything becomes about this one celebration event. It kind of puts a lot of pressure on parents like these days. Like, man, come on. I don't know if I'm going to live up to that kind of hype. But then something happens when you get a little bit older. And I don't know if you've had this moment. It hadn't happened to me really until last year. Last year, uh, this, this last December, I turned 37. And so, yeah, I'm getting older. And 
So I, I, when I turned 37, I remember waking up on my birthday not knowing it was my birthday. How many have had that moment where you woke up, you're like, oh man, it's, it's, it's today. Oh, I didn't re- realize that the day is today. Some of y'all are living with someone that there's no way they could forget because they remind you. How many of you are like, they live with that person. They're like telling you weeks and weeks out. Like, yeah, we always got those people. I, I, just, I just realized I had this moment where I was like, oh, I didn't remember it. And the reason why is because 2020 was crazy. And 2020 was so crazy and so many cares and so many concerns that my focus stopped being on what was the celebration ahead and started being about the problems that were at hand. And how many times in life do we do the same thing? Where our entire focus is about, I gotta get through today, I've got cares, I've got concerns, I've got issues. And we forget that one day soon, One day in the near future, whether it's 20 years or 50 years or 100 years from now, one day we're going to cross over from this life to the next and we will spend an eternity because of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in a celebration called heaven. And I want to get your mind on it today. Are you okay with that today, church? I want to remind you of that, but I want to get you focused on that. I want to get your heads in the clouds a little bit. I grew up in a little bit of crazy charismania, and I loved every bit of it it, if you weren't part of that kind of world. And so we saw it all. We saw some weird stuff all the time. But you'd always walk up to some people, and you could just tell their heads were in the clouds. You know, they look at you, and they they didn't talk like a normal Christian. They, you know, they go, oh, man, Pastor Aaron, where you're talking, there was like, there was angels swarming around you. I was like... Were you even taking notes? Like, I don't know if you were. Like, are you, are you all here right now? And, and, and so th- there's people that were so in the clouds. And we used to say this phrase often. They go, listen, you're so heavenly minded <laughs> that you're really no, or yeah, yeah, you heard it, or you're no earthly good. And, and there's people like that, that they're, you know, they're there talking about this encounter they had and, and what's going on and all that's happening. And the lady's like behind the counter going, sir, I'm just trying to take your order from McDonald's. Like, that's it. <laughs> I don't know what you're telling me right now. But there's some people that are just out there. But then I think the problem is, is maybe we've overcorrected a little bit. And now we're so earthly minded that we're not any heavenly good. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shining. I know you're with me today. And I I just think it's important for us to get our heads in the clouds a little bit. And remember, this earth is not our own, our home. This is not where we belong. We are just passing through. We're We're here by temporary assignment for a greater, better destination that God has prepared for us called heaven. We need to think about it. And I know, I know this is something that's in your heart. The Bible actually says it this way, that he has set eternity in the human heart. We all think about these things. We, we know that one day there will be a time where we go from this life to the next. Actually, the most recent stats are that 72% of Americans believe in heaven and 58% of Americans believe in hell. If you will take those stats and put about, add 10 points to each of them, that would be, um, if you put the word American Christian on there, there's about a 10% bump in each of those. And it shows you that a vast majority of the population believes in this thing called the afterlife and believes in that there's something after this. There's more to this life than this life. And so we're going to talk about that the next couple of weeks. And here's what I promise you is that if you will help me with this message um, over this next couple of weeks, then um, I will do my part 
to study and, and really help bring a lot of answers. So I'm going to do something that I very rarely do here at Radiant Church. I'm going to throw a number up on the screen, and I want you to text me any questions you have when it comes to the idea of eternity, heaven, hell, um, anything about what happens when we die. I want you to, you have to ask, you have to text the words, ask PA to this number right here. And then when you send that uh, thing in there, they'll send you a little form back and you'll just put your name, your location, and your question. And when you do that, I'm going to look through all of them and I'm going to choose the top rated questions and then I'm going to um, answer them. Now, if you are on Instagram and you follow me, we're friends. And you have already seen that I posted a story this morning where you can do this way easier than this because this is the old school way of doing it. You can go on Instagram and you can just simply answer that question right there. And I've already had dozens of them asked this morning. You can do that right there. Follow me, Aaron R. Burke. I'm looking after you. Okay, right there. So we'll talk about hell. We'll talk about uh, your animals. We'll talk about all those things in two weeks from today. We're going to get into all those questions, all right? So, so you want a controversial Sunday? <laughs> Come in two weeks. It's going to be a great time. We're going to discuss all those things, but today we're going to focus strictly on heaven. Write it down in your notes because heaven is mentioned over 500 times throughout the Bible. So we have to figure out what, it, what is heaven like, what, it, what is there, what is not there. What do we have to, we have to figure into this out. Culture has done a, a really terrible job at describing heaven. The culture describes heaven as a bunch of um, chunky babies sitting in clouds with stringed instruments, just, just, just playing music all day long. I don't know about you, that sounds like hell to me. Can I hear it? Like, that's not what I think heaven is like. But, but the only way for us to figure it out, like what does it look like? Like you can't go to customer reviews on heaven. Like you can't go and go, okay, let me, let me just find out all the other people that have been there because, because once you're there, you're there. So the only way for us to find out what it's actually like is we have to look at the one who has created it, has prepared it, and had come from there, and that's Jesus. And Jesus talks about heaven and talks, by the way, about hell more than anybody else throughout the Bible. So we're going to look at what Jesus said. Today he says it like this. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. And I know there's people who have dealt with loss, especially, especially in this last year when it comes to COVID and the world that we're in today. We've all lost somebody that we love. He says, you believed in God, believe also in me. And then he describes heaven. He says, and my father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have not told you that I am going there to, and here's what he's going to do, to prepare a place for you. I want you to know that heaven is not like reached capacity yet. There is a room that can be prepared for you. Like, hey, there's room. You go, you go, well, I've messed up a lot. I'm telling you, our God is still a builder. He's still expanding this thing. And there's a place for you. You give your life to Jesus. You can have security that there's a room for you in heaven. Come on, give a better praise than that. He says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. I love this. And take you to be with me that you may also may be where I am. Yeah. Let me just say it this way. Heaven is not a feeling, an emotion, 
a fantasy, a beautiful aisle somewhere, a thought form, a projection of your best you, a vision of a long, uh, for a utopia, an invention by man, and made up space. No, write in your notes this way. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. That is what heaven is. And this is what we're called to do on this earth. We, earth is but a training ground for our eternity in heaven. We have but a short time here to prepare for a long time that we will spend there. So that just, I just want you to get this idea that we're called to prepare ourselves. So maybe we worshiped a little bit longer than you wanted to worship today. I'm preparing you because heaven, you will worship a little bit longer than you're used to. We're preparing you for this. We're, we're getting ourselves purified and through in our small group system, we're working things out. Why? Because we're getting prepared for an eternity one day and we want to get sanctified and work this stuff out of us so that we are ready there. So let me give you five things that are in heaven that you need to know about. Five things that are in heaven. People always ask me, what's in heaven? And here's the five things that, that I can find in heaven, okay? Number one is that you have to understand that our Redeemer is in heaven. Our Redeemer is in heaven. Redeemer is a, it's a word, that's a churchy word, but it's a descriptive word of Jesus, okay? He is the person that redeemed us from, the, from death, from hell, from the grave. When we could not do it ourselves, Jesus came and died. I want you to know that Jesus is our path towards an eternity in heaven. You can't work yourself there. You can't do enough good deeds. There is nothing you can do to get you to heaven. That's what I love about Christianity. Christianity is not like every other religion. Every other religion says, work hard to get up here. Christianity says, listen, there's nothing you can do to work yourself up here. So we're gonna send God from up here to down there to take you back up there with him. That is how good our God is. And that God, who went to the cross and died for you and for me, we will see him in physical form. We will see nail prints in his hands and in his feet. We will see a scar on his side. We will see our redeemer in heaven. Hebrews 9 says it like this, for Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands. That was only a copy of the one of the true one. No, he entered, this is where he's at right now, heaven itself. Now to appear for us in God's presence. He is there. And you're going to be able to see Jesus right there in heaven. And I love this about it because I'm going to come with a big bag of why questions. Like, and I just want you to know God can take it. He can take it. I've got, I've got a list of them. Like, why did that loved one die? Why did you allow that suffering to happen? Why did this thing go on? Why did that accident happen? Why were cats invented? Why? We have to, we have to ask the serious why questions. We were all waiting for it. But I want you to know, with Jesus there, he's, he's, he, let me just say this, all right? Because I get this all the time. I'm the pastor. I get it. And I walk into a restaurant and y'all hide your drinks and stuff. I get it. I, 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 I see it. It's just the life I live, okay? The conversations always change when I'm in the room. It's okay. And that's fine. But, but I'll just say this. Jesus is not the guy that you, you, you don't want to party with, like you don't want to have fun with. People are like, oh man, it's going to be a burn. You know, Jesus is on this trip. This is not going to, we're going to have to really tone it down. 
no, no, no. You, you don't know my Jesus. Like, you, 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 you found like, that the only way you can have fun is what this world has to offer. You have no clue what heaven's going to offer. Jesus, the Bible says it like this. Listen, Psalm 1611, one of the greatest verses, right? It says, you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with, here's a word, ready? Joy in your presence. The other versions say it like this. In your presence is fullness of joy. The greatest level of joy that's possible is found when you're in the presence of God. That's why we find it here in the church because God's presence is in the midst and we are getting but a little version of what we will get in heaven. And then he says it this way and in with your eternal pleasures are at your right hand. You want to experience some real joy? You get close to Jesus up in heaven. You party with Jesus up in heaven. Have a little marriage supper over the lamb in heaven with Jesus. I'm telling you it's going to be joy like you can experience ever on this earth. Our Redeemer is in heaven. Come on. Can we give him a little bit of praise? I love this. Here's the second one is that our relationships are in heaven. Now, this is important because people ask me all the time, like, oh, man, is my loved one there? And what happened and to them? And, and we have to understand this because when our friends and family have a relationship with Jesus, when we're believers, that we have assurance, we have confidence that they are with the Lord. They're absent from us in the body means they are present with the Lord immediately at that moment. Like we have assurance of this. And I think it's so important that we understand that they are not gone from our life forever. And I think that brings not just such hope, but it's confidence that we will see them Again, I was meeting with an older gentleman in our church and I was talking about community and he's like, Aaron, I'm always trying to meet more people. And then he said this phrase, I just, I'll never forget it. He goes, Aaron, he goes, he goes, I I have some great friends, but honestly, at my stage in life, some of my closest friends are already in heaven. And I thought about that and I go, I want that kind of confidence one day that, you know what, eventually we're going to get to a place that, man, I know that they're there, but I'm I'm staying, I'll meet some more people, I'll encourage, I got some good hangouts, but I also know that those relationships aren't over. First Thessalonians says it like this, chapter four, verse 13 says, brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. In other words, don't, don't be uninformed about those who die so that you're not going to have to grieve like every, like the rest of mankind. And I don't know if you've ever lost anybody, but I'm telling you, there's a hope that's given to believers that's not given to anybody else. We just know, we know. By the way, I have been in many, many, many funerals where we did not know where that person was when it come to eternity. And there was nothing like the grief in those moments. Because honestly, we, we don't have to grieve like that when our friends and family members come to know the Lord. He says, you don't grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe, here's what we believe, that Jesus died. He rose again. If you don't believe that, go and watch last week's message again. Talk all about that. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep. We understand that they, they, once they die, they go and are with our Lord. We have that assurance. So it's not just you're going to get to heaven and you're going to see a Noah and a Moses, and a Billy Graham, and, and you know, all, the, all these people, you're going to be like, wow, the superstars. No, 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 no. You're going to see your friends, and your family, and, and, and that baby that passed away, and, and that, that miscarriage that you think it was terrible, like, how am I ever going to give on that child? That's the person. That's going to be in heaven. I think we need to have that assurance today 
that they are with the Lord. Can I look right at the camera and just say this? That's why it's important. You can learn to get along with other Christians. <laughs> well, I just don't like Christians. I like Jesus, but I don't like the Christians. You're spending eternity with both of us. <laughs> You better learn to get along with your Christian brothers and sisters in the Lord. Well, I don't, I don't like churchy people. Well, you know, meet some you like, okay? And, and, and we have to learn to get along with some people because we're going to spend eternity together and we, I want to enjoy it. And, and I want you to, to understand heaven's full of Christians. So, and maybe some of those that you really don't like won't be there anyway. I'm joking. Totally a joke. Totally a joke. Our relationships are going to be there. Number three, our resources are in heaven. When you become a Christian, the Bible tells us that we become a son or daughter of God. We become heirs of, heirs with Christ. I think this is so important because an heir is able to tap into an inheritance that you can't get when you're from an outside. You're from an outside. Um, in my early days when my kids were younger, I would brave the, um, the crowds and um, bring my kids to Chuck E. Cheese. Um, so if you don't know anything about Chuck E. Cheese, Chuck E. Cheese is uh, Disney's poor cousin. Um, <laughs> didn't quite get to college. <laughs> he didn't quite graduate the way Disney did. Didn't go to the Ivy Leagues like his cousin, Mickey. But, uh, but just, just a different... Different group goes to, to, to Chuck E. Cheese. Do y'all remember like the, the guys that were playing on the instruments? I thought they were real my whole life. I did. I thought those were people up on that stage till I went there when my kids were younger and I'd go up and I'm just like, they're just, they just sit for like 45 minutes, you know, like this. And then like my kids are up there like, oh, they're gonna play a song. I'm like, they're not real. Like I get it. None of it's been upgraded. It's gross. Um, like. Yeah, COVID was there before COVID was anywhere else. <laughs> like, that's terrible. Can't say that. <laughs> if you've survived Chuck E. Cheese, you'll survive COVID. Like that's, <laughs> you got everything else this world can give you. So anyway, I don't know where this message is going. We're just talking about heaven today. <laughs> so, so I would take my kids there and I'll never forget my daughter, Lily. She's in service today. She's so funny. At like two years old, she'd run up, and, and this is before they gave you these cards. You have to actually get a bucket of tokens. I remember this day. And, and you get tokens, and you go and put your tokens in and do it. So she would run out of her tokens. So she, she had, was, I don't know where it came from. I know where it came from. But uh, it didn't come from Katie. She would, she would run up to other people and go, hey, can I have your token? Like, can I give your token? I want to I ride this ride. And then when people wouldn't give her the token, she'd go up to the, to like the, the person working there and go, Hey, Hey, I need you to start this right. Two years old. Like, just start this right for me. And I remember one time she went to this guy. She's like, Hey, I need you to start this right. And he's like, where's your parents? Like, go, go, go talk to your parents. And, and, and it's so funny. Cause it's like, of course they're going to buy it for their kids. They're not going to buy it for my kids. Like th- th- I, it's my job to take care of my kid. It's my job to take care of this. I just want you to know that you're running to all the wrong things to get your needs supplied. The Bible's very clear that you as a son or daughter of God are, get an inheritance. And the Bible says it like this. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. 
So where is this going to be found? Where is this inheritance found? It's stored up in heaven. That is why we believe that we pray to a God in heaven and we pray that he would do what? That he would supply all our needs, as Philippians 4 says, according to what? According to his glorious riches. Where are those glorious riches at? All over heaven. Like streets of gold and pearls and gems. They're all over there. So whatever you need, I want you to know your resource is not going to be found in some man or some woman or some promotion or some person in the White House. Our resources come from heaven itself because our God is in heaven and he wants to give you blessings. He does. He wants to bless his kids. I think that's why the tithe, by the way, is so important. Because listen to this, when it comes to the tithe, the Bible says, honor me with your tithe. And then see, I, I will not throw open the windows of heaven. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, I'll open up heaven and pour out blessings on your life that you can't even handle. Why? When we honor God, he's got the resources necessary to take care of whatever you're going through. There's resources in heaven. Your needs are met there. And I promise you, our God wants to bless you here. We have to understand that those resources come from a God that's in heaven. Number four, I love this one, is our rewards are in heaven. Our rewards are in heaven. When you think of heaven, I want you to know that you're going to be rewarded one day when we stand before God. Speaking of Chuck E. Cheese, um, <laughs> it's my whole message is all about Chuck E. Do, do you remember where you would get your tickets and then you would go to that little machine and the little thing would just like bite the tickets. Oh, oh, oh. Do you remember this thing? Anybody else? Like, and you'd feed your tickets in and then you'd get that number. And that number seemed so big, didn't it? It's like you have 875 tickets. You're like, I am wealthy. I am not. I'm buying the Chuck E. Cheese right now. I'm buying this whole shopping center. And then you go up to the, to the redemption counter. How many remember that? And some 14-year-old teenager is there, and all of a sudden, they're good at math. You know what I mean? Like, they know to the, to the ticket what you can get. And it's like, and, and, and they're like, well, what can you get with 875 tickets? They're like, okay, you can get a uh, whoopee cushion and a kazoo. Like, that's what you get, the plastic one right here. But, like, but there's a, like a Nintendo on the wall. Yeah, 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 that's 80,000 tickets. Like, you ain't getting that one. It never seemed to add up. Like, I just spent $100, and I got a, a whoopee cushion and, and a kazoo. Like, I just want you to know, that's not like heaven. He, heaven, heaven you're going to get the, the redemption so much better than whatever sacrifice you put in on this earth. Every time you give, every time you serve, every time you're inviting, every time you're leading someone to the Lord, I want you to know that we are not storing up on this earth treasures that are going to be destroyed when this earth is destroyed. We are storing up treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. Thieves can't break in and steal. We are storing up treasures there. And the Bible says it like this. Jesus says, rejoice and be glad because guess what? Great is your reward in heaven. There's a reward waiting for you. So let me look right at that camera and say, do not grow weary in doing good, Radiant Church. I know we just went through Easter. I know there's great things that have just happened. I know we just launched our first album, but there's still lost people to reach. There's still locations to launch. There's still missionaries to support. We're going to keep doing our part, and we'll rest in heaven one day. We get our rewards there. If nobody knows us here, that's okay. We're going to get rewarded there, and our God is faithful. Come on, give them better praise in that. Amen? You'll get rewarded in heaven. Our last one is simply this, and I just wanted to put it right here in your notes because I just wanted to hit home. 
The idea is that our right thinking is in heaven. <laughs> our right thinking. When you get there, by the way, you're, you're going to think the correct way about stuff. There's some mindsets and some frustrations and some things that you, you, you're going you're gonna to get there and you're going to go, oh, it makes sense. Oh, that's why. There's going to be some, some things that have just weighed you down for years and decades. And you're going to, as soon as you get to heaven, you see Jesus, you're going to go, oh, that's right. But I'm going to challenge you at the end of this message is, is start trying to think that way now. Wow. This is the practical application of the message because I, I just wanted you to give you this because the apostle Paul challenges us. He says, set your minds. In other words, make a decision to set your minds on things that are above. What, what does that mean? Set your mind in, in heaven. Put your mind in heaven. In other words, think in such a way that you go, how am I going to think about this when I'm in heaven? Wow, that makes the drama with your neighbor a lot less important, doesn't it? It makes your financial concerns a little less important when you're looking at it going, wow, let me look at this through the lens of heaven. Because I want you to remind you as I close out this message that your life is headed in the direction of your strongest thoughts always. Our life is always being drawn to whatever we're thinking about. So that means you're always going to be drawn towards this earth and towards this, what the earth has for you, or can be drawn towards eternity, to heavenly places, to greater things, to greater level of faith. So I'm just going to challenge you as we close out this message to just get your mind off some of these things in this earth. The earth and what we do is because eternity is in the thoughts of mankind, we're always thinking about heaven. Here's what, here's what everybody does. This is what every commercial tries to get to do, you to do. It's simply this. It's try to experience that now. So buy what you can now. Have the best life you can now. Live it up now because this is it. And what does that do? It frustrates us. It burns us out. It overworks us. It ruins our relationships. Listen, listen, that's not how you're supposed to live. Set your minds on, on things above. Put your mind in eternity. Put, put your mind on what that thing is. I think about it all the time, and here's the phrase I live by when it comes to this. Last thing in your notes is simply this. If it doesn't matter there, then I'm just not going to let it bother me here. I know it's good. I know, you, I know you're writing it down, but I just want you to get it. If it doesn't matter there, I'm just not going to let it bother me here. And so I know a lot of you guys, you're getting frustrated by little things that are going on. And I just want you to know, it's not going to matter who's the president of the United States right now there. So what's going to matter is, you know, how am I reaching my neighbors? How am I praying for my friends? How am I raising up my children? How am I investing in God's kingdom? Those things matter there. So I'm going to make them matter here. But the anxiety and the worries and the cares that the world has, they're not going to matter there. So I'm going to cast my cares to the Lord. He's already there. He's got the resources. He's got the issue, the thing to handle it. And I'm not going to let it bother me here. I'm living carefree. Guess what? Because this world. It's not my home. I have an eternity waiting for me in heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven. Amen. We'll close with this. I was in Birmingham a few weeks ago with Katie and our uh, fifth child, Adeline. We was teaching some church planners for a few days. And uh, uh, they, they, so I taught one day and then the leader of the church planning organization says, Hey, I uh, just want you to know there's some weather coming through tomorrow that might be pretty severe. 
So we um, are monitoring it. We might cut it a little short tomorrow. We're supposed to go the next day all the way to 5 p.m. I said, well, whatever you need, I'm, you know, I'm here, whatever you need to do. We were supposed to fly out late that night, get home to Tampa about midnight the next day. So uh, we wake up the next day, he texts me and he says, Aaron, we're gonna cut it at noon today. Tornadoes are supposed to be coming through Birmingham. He goes, so, so we need to, you know, we're gonna cut it so everybody can get on their flights and get out of here. I said, sounds good to me. I told Katie, I said, there's not a flight out of here, but we're gonna, as soon as that thing's over, I just want you to know, we're getting in our car, we're driving the two hours to Atlanta, we're getting on a flight and we're gonna be home, we're gonna be home before five o'clock. It's gonna be awesome, I'm ready. And let me just say this, I, I love those people. I love, love them. I don't know any of them really. So I'm sitting there, I did my part. I went and taught my lessons, did my thing, did our prayer movement, movement with them. And then I got my car and I got my baby, my wife, and I got my baby girl, my little Adeline. And we got in that car and we booked it out of there. And guess why? I'm not, I'm not riding, I'm not going down with the ship in Birmingham. I'm not sitting there going, well, you know what? I'm here, and if it's happening in Birmingham, I'm going to go. I'll be with you guys. Do this. No, no, no. I've got four other kids at home. I've got a church at home. I've got the Sunshine State of Florida at home. I, I, I know where my residency is. My assignment's done, and if this thing all goes under after my assignment, I'm out. I did my part. I'm going to the, air, to the airport. I'm doing my part. I want you to know that's how you're supposed to live your life. It's, it's not that we go, oh, the world's going to burn. Let it all go down. It's this idea of going, while I'm here, I'm going to do my assignment. Now my assignment is cut a little short. I'm going home to heaven. If it stays long, I'm going to do it until I'm 120 years old. But while I'm here, I'm doing what God's called me to do. I'm doing my assignment knowing that, you know what? Anything that happens after I'm gone, it's their problem. I did what I'm supposed to do. I'm a citizen of heaven. Can we give them better praise than that at all of our locations? So why don't we stand at every location? We're gonna end this service by actually singing this song one more time, but before we do, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to get your eyes on Jesus for just a second. Okay, let's do this. Some of you guys got cares and concerns and worries. Come on, set your minds on things above. I want you to think about heaven. I want you to think about the, the one thing in your life right now that's been weighing you down. Cast that worry on God. Put that concern on God. Some of you guys need some resources in your life at all of our locations. Come on, tap into the resources of heaven right now. Say, God, I trust you. You're providing all my needs, all my concerns. There's other people at every location and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You're not a citizen of heaven. Here's what I want you to get. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And I want you to know this. You can't get to the place without the person of Jesus. So listen, we've talked all about the place. Let me tell you about the person. Jesus came, he died. He went to the cross for you and for me. He sacrificed so that we can give our lives to him and follow him into an eternity in heaven. He's already paved the way for your salvation. If that's you today, you don't have that relationship with God, I want you to know today you can at every one of our locations, you can surrender your life to Christ and be sure that you're sure that you're sure that you have a home in heaven because of what Jesus has done in your life. It starts with this moment of surrender. If that's you on the count of three, throw that hand up all over this place. Ready? One, two, three. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Come on, throw those hands up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, so many people. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon at St. Pete, Heights, North Tampa, online. Come on, throw those hands up. Put them right back down. Why don't we all pray this prayer one more time together? Say, dear Jesus, come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my sin. 
I give you my past, I give you my present, and I give you my future. For the rest of my life, I'm gonna follow you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody that prays and pray, believes, amen, amen. Hey, we're gonna do this. If you just prayed that prayer, the Bible says all of heaven celebrates. You just became a citizen of heaven. So we're gonna celebrate. And then, Pastor David, I want us to do this song one more time at every location. I want us to sing it one more time. And then our location pastors will come and give us our radiant challenge as we leave today. So let's do this. Let's celebrate with this all those who just made the best decision me. ever. This come on, one more time. Let's sing it out. This world's got nothing for me. I gotta go. Come on, we sing. This world's got nothing for me. This world's got nothing for me. This world's got nothing for me. I gotta every location. Come on. This world's got nothing for me. This world's got nothing for me. This world's got nothing for me. One more time we say. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.